Okay. This is the Tasty Bets Pod. Follow at Tasty Bets Pod on X, Twitter, and Facebook. Subscribe to Tasty Bets Pod on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to partake. I'm your host, Dino DeCespedes, and uh, we're running a little cover two this week. We are joined again by that dude, AG, who's ready to unleash some NFL Week 10 picks with us after last week's Futures Only episode. So if you haven't heard that one, strongly, strongly recommend you go back and check it out because... I mean, I'm not afraid to say we were pretty ahead of the curve on some of these picks. A lot of tasty stuff in there. Welcome back to the show, AG. Thanks for having me, Dino. The highlight of my week is chatting with the Tasty Squad and uh, excited to dive into week 10. Let's go. We're recording this Wednesday night. Plenty of time to watch, listen, and get your picks in before this weekend's action. No results last weekend to speak of with regard to Tasty Bets pod doc but i know you got a little bit busy behind the scenes and had some some nice wins but this nfl season your boys are up a cool four plus units which you know feel free to double check my math on this is better than being down four plus units for sure Uh, you can always check the tasty stats google doc if you want details on how we've done this season before we kick off quick reminder to please please always always bet responsibly with that out of the way Let's bet some NFL Week 10 football. AG, where you want to get started? Early in the season, we jumped on CJ Stroud to be our Love. Rookie of the Year. And boy, did he look more than Rookie of the Year last week. 470 yards passing, five touchdowns to the sky. No kicker, no problem in a nail-biting game. Yeah. 37 <laughs> seconds, all they needed down in Houston. Let's talk about the Texans and the Bengals. I think everybody is talking about C.J. Stroud this week. And in classic rookie fashion, I think it's time for uh, him to come back to earth a little bit. First-time coach, you got a lot of energy in that building. The highs and the adrenaline, I'm sure, was all-time for Texans, which hasn't had a lot to cheer for. I think, quietly, the Cincinnati Bengals are taking care of business and joe burrow had a couple early plays in that game where he was scurrying around so let's let's go back and forth and debate what we think happens uh at one o'clock between the Bengals and the, the I, sh- I should say now your your houston texans what are your thoughts totally fair you were definitely leading the charge a few weeks ago episode 37 to be exact where we talked out cj stroud and Bijan robinson to win rookie of the year we dropped a little something some on both of them at plus 350 and i don't know i feel i feel ready to just kind of like uh hop into the dock and chalk those up as a win i think cj stroud pretty much locked up the award last week it's gonna be tough for somebody to leapfrog him i was looking at barnwell's article on espn and he had i think uh puka second and Bijan third and i think each of those guys feel a good distance behind CJ. But I don't know, man, I'm pretty much with you. This type of situation is where a team definitely comes back down to earth. When you look at my Texans, you know, they're pretty much the definition of of middling. You know, they started 0-2, then they're 2-2, then they're 3-3, then they're 4-4, you know. So I think it's just been not quite up and down, but they're a young team that's just Overperforming. They're playing better yeah. than they should have been playing. And like they're contending for a division that they have no business contending for. Yeah, their schedule is a little bit soft when you zoom out, but like super exciting franchise. They did a crazy thing with the double draft pick in the top three. And like it looks like it's hitting. Yeah. The two three combo. I mean, like CJ's obviously blown it out of the water. Everything you could ever dream of in a rookie quarterback, but like don't sleep on the guy that they took at three and Will Anderson. I mean, he's putting together a nice, a nice defensive presence and they're they're getting after some folks. But I will say Joe Burrow is the king of cool. And the Bengals came out and took care of business on Sunday Night Football against the Bills and quietly done the same thing that they do every year where they start slow, then they do a little mid-season run where they go and then you look out and you're like, 
oh yeah, this team's seven and three, right on course, ready to go compete for that one two seed in that super bloody division of the AFC North. And they have something they haven't had in Joe Burrow's era. A really good defense. They have a really good defense that like yeah. can go win some games for them if they need to. He doesn't have to be a hero every single week. He doesn't have to be out there with one broken leg hobbling together okay. a victory. Like he can rely on the defense to make a stop and a big play. If he just gets them a lead early on, they'll hold serve. I mean, 15 takeaways this year. They are out there ball hawking to give up the occasional passing touchdown. But minus six and a half, I really like the Bengals to come out, take care mm-hmm. of business. Let's look at the real facts. The Buccaneers, we know exactly who they are. Even when Baker's playing great, gets the last second drive, they can't win the game in the end. The Texans are going to have kicking issues again, and it's going to matter a lot more this week. They can't just assume that they're going to go for it on fourth down every time and get it every single time. This was the stars aligning last week for them to win that game. Confidence is going to be super high, but like nobody has more confidence than Joe Burrow. Those weapons at wide receiver, T. Higgins, just putting on a show. Yeah, he's back. Even Mixon has looked like flashes of his two or three years ago self. I was going to mention Mixon because we had some fun with him a few weeks back, taking yeah. the under longest, uh, I think it was like 12 and a half 12, or 14 yeah. and a half. I think his longest run was like five yards in that one. I don't know if he got healthy, but he, I mean, he looks a little, a little crisper Inspired. out there. And I think you nailed it. You know, statistically, the Bengals don't have a great offense or defense, but 17% of their drives end in a takeaway which I think is good for like third or fourth best in the league. And you can kind of see it on the field. They're definitely a big play defense, and that's kind of how they're winning. The other place where they've got a really big advantage over Houston, 62% of their red zone trips and then a touchdown. Houston, 48%. That right there is a huge chunk. There's four points, maybe seven points right there just when you look at those two stats. And then you also factor in Houston on the road coming off a huge emotional win. They're one and three on the road. Bengals are three and one at home. And then the Bengals, they might have beat Three straight playoff teams. Yeah. They beat Seattle, they win at the 49ers, and they beat the Bills. So they're not doing it against the easiest competition. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, whether that 17% of Bengals defensive drives and then a takeaway, how that goes up against CJ Stroud's 14 touchdowns to one interception. Something's got to give. At first glance, I think this game was a little tricky. Definitely the sentimental pick is looking at this Houston team being like, well, you know, they're super hot. But I'm with you. I think I'm definitely leaning Bengals here. And I found two numbers that I think I'm interested in. Cool. So there's an opportunity, you know, this is a Tasty Bets pod. It's not Tasty Bets pod for nothing. <laughs> um, you could move the Bengals line up a bit to minus eight and a half and get plus 120 there. I don't think we're losing all that much there. I mean, obviously, like the touchdown line is like neat and tidy. But ultimately, I think this one has real blowout potential. I can see Houston coming out and scoring seven, maybe on a first drive. And the game ending 31 to 10. Another one, I want to get your take on it. You can grab the Bengals to win big here. Minus 16 and a half. Plus 285. I don't like it. But I love where your head's at. And here's why I don't like it. I think we can go find another prop that's like minus 140, minus 150 and pair it with a minus six and a half or a minus seven and get that same odds. So I'd rather dissect of like, okay, if they win by 17, let's reverse engineer what that win looks like. And what's the other thing that like has to be true for that to happen? A super easy one would be CJ Stroud throws one interception plus 130. Mm. Now he's not a pick guy, but he was in college. So like he does have that a little bit in his bag. And 
this Bengals secondary makes the big play. I'd much rather take a parlay of taking the minus six and a half and that plus 130 to get close to that similar thing Mm -hmm. rather than like a last minute touchdown 13 point victory that was actually a 20 point game the whole time that like is kind of that garbage time setback. I feel like 16 is too greedy. And for that same logic, I don't love the move to the eight just because like if we are wrong or they do backdoor and it finishes 27-20 in a game that was 27 to 13 the whole way, we still get our cover. The other stat that I want to throw at you that has been kind of like something I've been using the past couple weeks as like a where's Vegas's heads at is the over under for passing touchdowns for some of these quarterbacks. So what do you think the line is for CJ Stroud over one and a half touchdowns. CJ Stroud, one and a half touchdowns, minus 140. Okay. And what do you think it is for Joe Burrow? Over one and a half, mm-hmm. minus 200. CJ Stroud, over one and a half touchdowns, plus 120. They just don't think it's happening. They, th- mm-hmm. I, I think that's a little bit of that soccer bet. So in my mind, the only way that Houston wins this game is if their defense holds the Bengals tight to like under 20 and if that happens then it's like really tough with the minus six and a half but like they've got joe burrow over one and a half minus 167 so they think that there is a pretty good chance that burrow's throwing for two touchdowns and like we know the texans don't really run the ball in the red zone that well so i think vegas is tipping their hand a little bit here and saying hey you guys saw the cj stroud with this amazingness we want to have the right line to kind of tempt and be like oh Texans plus a touchdown, that feels really, really good. But they've got the over for C.J. Stroud at a high yardage at 251. They've got Burrow at 281. I mean, if Joe Burrow throws for 281 yards and two touchdowns, this game is definitely a seven-point win. I definitely hear you on the 16 and a half, and I think I'm going to cool the Jets on that. But I'm definitely not afraid of the eight and a half. I know the seven kind of clips me there, but historically, this game is a beatdown. Yes. Hot quarterback. Rookie playing like a real team with Super Bowl aspirations on the road, like rowdy environment, outdoors, cold, chilly, whatever, windy. Historically, this game is not close. So I I think I hear you on the 16 and a half. I think I'm going to draw a line through it. But the eight and a half, I'm just going to grab a little little extra something, something there. What was the line on eight and a half? Plus 120. What's it on nine and a half? Nine and a half. It was like not much more. I think it was like plus 126. And then I think 10 and a half was like my plus 150, I want to say. Let me see if I can. Yeah, the big jump is when you go to 10 and a half, you get plus 150, which eh, I'm not not terrified of that either. 13 and a half is plus 200. I'd rather parlay. I'd rather I'd rather find something else that I believe in. CJ to throw an interception. I'm definitely grabbing that. Follow us on X or Twitter or whatever, and we'll drop whatever we end up doing. And I think I do want to parlay that probably with the six and a half because he's definitely throwing an interception Mm -hmm. they're going to have their backs against the wall it's definitely better than a 50 percent chance and he's gonna have all that confidence of just letting it rip and exactly he's gonna forget that he's not playing uga anymore yeah this he's not going up against uh indiana for sure i can acknowledge your eight and a half and i like that you're getting that positive juice we're finding out the last couple weeks that that positive juice is a big deal and i and i definitely hear what you're saying that you don't think it's down to one point for me i'm probably taking it the minus seven at minus 105 but if you want to try to squeeze that extra piece of juice i'm for it gotta get tasty around here (laughs) i'm for it so i'm i'm a unit i'm a unit this week on the bengals minus seven at at minus 105 i'm gonna take the bengals minus eight and a half plus 120 with that little extra juice on fanduel you can grab the bengals minus six and a half minus 118 which is a little bit of a ways from your minus 105 but it does protect you 
uh, especially if you're looking at a parlay. And I'm gonna I'm gonna parlay that six and a half with CJ throwing interceptions. There's some correlation there, and I think it happens. Those feel pretty safe. I'm gonna go a unit on each of those. And then I'm gonna throw a unit on the Bengals first half minus three and a half. Mm. I think they come out strong. That defense has got a lot of billboard material this week. It's going to be a similar playbook to what they did against the Bills. They're going to go march down there and look crisp and fresh. And Joe Burrow, against an acknowledged really good quarterback, likes to look like the best quarterback on the field. I think he wants to be the one that wins the side-by-side comparison. And I think if C.J. Stroud ends up becoming Burrow in two years, that's great. But also, that's two years from now. (laughs) And right now, Burrow's Burrow. (laughs) Right, yeah. I think we both agree. He comes back to the mean on this one. Awesome. Yeah, and I'm going to co-sign that Bengals minus three and a half first half i love that too we just take the garbage time action off the table yeah and collect a win by halftime which i love let's scoot ahead this one probably the tastiest match of the weekend niners visiting the jags two teams sort of heading in different directions a little bit jags winners of five in a row niners losers of three in a row but debo's back at practice this week so we'll see what he looks like on sunday the niners haven't won since debo's injury against the browns So there's that. And the Niners defense, we saw a story this week about their defensive coordinator, Wilkes, moving down to the field. So to quote, you know, Fred Warner, he can he can look his guys in the eye, make adjustments on the fly. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know, sounds like a bunch of hooey to me. I think their defense is a little bit fucked. Their yards per play stat, they're down to 15th at the moment. They're giving up 5.1 yards per play on the entire season um, after that otherworldly start that they had, which is about a yard worse than the Ravens, who are the best in the league in that category. So while they're limiting their opponents to 17.5 points per game, 35% of their drives end in a score for the other team, which ranks outside the top 10, 12th to be exact, and puts them behind teams like the Saints, the Falcons, and both New York teams. Not great. So I'm looking at this Niners team a little differently, even with Debo back, just because the defense looks so spotty. And like I mentioned, on the other side, they're staring down like a surging Jacksonville Jaguars team all of a sudden I can see this game kind of going both ways which has me looking you know a little deeper for for Mm -hmm. some tastiness but I want to kick it to you I want to hear what what your play is uh, for this one I think I am buying low on the Niners Uh, if you listened last Mm -hmm. week you heard my CMC takes them to the to the Super Bowl kind of campaign I think it starts this week we put a pin in the buy injuries losing streak the bye week benefits vets and i think it hurts rookies and younger teams they take the week off when vets heal we're now 10 weeks away from the super bowl and i think that a lot of those guys on the niners like from the very beginning was super bowl or bust i don't think coming and losing after a bye week is something that is acceptable culture there especially when it's the fourth L in a row. And so I think that this defense comes out inspired. I think they've got a couple new guys that are going to get some additional pressure. And we've seen Trevor Lawrence get a little bit stiff when there's pressure, especially when there's swarming linebackers and the people that can spy and keep him in check on those big runs. He's historically is the guy that takes the big hit to the ribs and then kind of is a little wobbly afterwards. And so I really like the Niners in this one. You know I love me a good first drive punt bet. I'm definitely throwing a unit on the Jags first drive punt at even money this week. The veterans on the Niners team are not taking a week off to do anything outside of get in position to go try to be the number one seed to go win a Super Bowl. And I think with the Jaguars on all the travel that they've had to do, it makes sense that those guys would go blow off some steam and uh, come back a little bit less inspired. That's kind of where my head's at, but I know you you love you some football Jesus. Well, Amen. Do love me some football Jesus. I think I'm a little bit cooler on the Niners just because 
I'm not sure if it's wear and tear related or there's something a little bit off with the scheme. And I think maybe more defensively than offensively. I don't know. We saw guys pretty open. You know, against that Niners team, Burrow kind of cooked them a little bit. And the run game is pretty solid, but it's a lot of play action. And now there's a full library of tape on Purdy and what he can do and what he can't do. So I kind of feel like we're at a point where we need to see some new stuff. It's not just, hey, we got our guys healthy and we'll run it back. The system is going to need a little bit of of tweaking. That's kind of what threw me off about this game. I think it's a little odd that the Niners are three-point favorites on the road against this Jags team, just because I think that's a little bit heavy. Maybe a Niners minus one, maybe you feel is maybe more appropriate or a pick them. Although I don't know that we've seen a single pick them all season. Talk about that one later. But looking at this Niners team in these three straight losses, they scored exactly 17. Uh, Their over-under for this week is up to 23 and a half. So Vegas is sort of telling you that Debo's maybe worth an extra TD. Still no Trent Williams this week. That felt a little bit high. So I looked then at the Jags number. Now, I think you seem pretty pumped about the Niners D. Their total is 21 and a half, which they've eclipsed in four of their last five. The only one that didn't get to 22 was at Pittsburgh two weeks ago where they put up 20. The Niners gave up 31 to the Bengals, which included a Bengals red zone giveaway. So who knows? That number could have been 34 or 38. 22 to the Vikings. And 19 to the Browns, who don't have a quarterback or didn't have a quarterback for that week. And again, I think schematically, defensively, you got a first-year defensive coordinator. And it's always like talent plus scheme plus execution on day of is what we're thinking about. And if the scheme is off and can be picked apart and they can keep Trevor Lawrence pretty clean, you know, get the ball out pretty quickly, I think the Jags could kind of walk you know, to that 22 number and still potentially even lose the game. We have Debo Samuel coming back, a little bit of back and forth potential, maybe. I don't think we're going to see another redo of the Browns, you know, 1917 or whatever that game ended up being. I think this one ends up being a little bit more offensive. And I think that's Shanahan's kind of bread and butter. So I think when your back's against the wall, I don't think you're saying, all right, we got to lock, you know, lock down, you know, pin our ears back, whatever the saying is defensively. It's like, no, 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 let's, let's unleash some shit. Chapter eight or nine of the playbook and, you know, get into that stuff that we, we've been sitting on a little bit. Cause to your point, you can't lose four in a row. Yeah. So I think, you know, taking the Jags over 21 and a half, a little bit of a break on the juice there, minus 106. That one caught my eye a little bit, but I'm, I'm interested to hear your take on that one and just kind of more generally with regard to this game. Yeah. I mean, I think the Vegas lines are super interesting looking at the stats on a lot of these guys. They've got for Trevor Lawrence. Basically, they're predicting 241 yards, one touchdown on 23 completions. And it sounds like your initial take is over, over, over. Definitely on the touchdowns. Plus 110. Plus 110 for over one and a half. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's why I like to break down these kind of stats and see what's going on. And then I look at the rushing and the receiving props. McCaffrey is set at 66, Etienne at 64 on rushing yards. And then receiving yards, they've got... Ayuk at 62, Ridley at 55, Kirk at 53, McCaffrey at 31, Evan Ingram at 47, Etienne at 22. Vegas is definitely skewing this one as defense, and money is usually made on the under. Something in their analytics is saying that, like, this is going to be a 20-17 a to 17 game, maybe a 23-20 game. If it is a field goal fest, I think that does lean to the Jaguars' advantage. Moody has been shaky. He definitely cost them the Cleveland game. you got to make that kick. If the Niners' kicker costs them another game, he's cut. Yeah. That team is too good to not have a top-10 kicker. I'm definitely taking the Niners' full unit on the minus three. I think the redemption in the bounce-back game has to be there. The number that stands out to me is McCann. 
McCaffrey for rushing and receiving yards, the over 1025. I like that. If if there's an over I'm going to do, that's the one that I'm going to touch. But like all my little tingles say that the defense is going to be who wins this game and it's going to be the quarterback that is the better game manager, which is the Brock Purdy special. You're right. Trevor Lawrence is going to have to get those two touchdowns. One of them is going to have to be over 25 yards, whether it's Ingram, whether it's Kirk, whether it's Ridley. Ridley. Like Etienne on a wheel, like I don't know that the home crowd does too much, but it definitely helps them that it's not in California. Yeah, or London. I'm with you on that. I like the CMC prop over one or two and a half because if you're going to lose a prop like that, you don't want to feel yeah. like a dummy, <laughs> like yeah. having taken you know Christian Kirk or something, and he's he goes for two for fourteen or you know like better to go down swinging with CMC, you know your yeah. MVP pick from last week. Yeah. Talking about what Vegas expects, looking at the team totals. They've got the Niners at 23 and a half and the Jags at 21 and a half. Yep. So sort of in that range of 2017 would just be a shade under that. Mm-hmm. But I actually feel like this is a game that the Jags have control of for portions of it because they have the better quarterback. And one of the first two or three drives, we're going to see a Trevor Lawrence touchdown because I think this is going to be a big stage for him, super marquee matchup. They're also coming off a bye. And I think they want to, I don't know, get a little bit of a statement win. And I think, you know, the Texans are on their heels. So they can't quite, you know, mail this one in. And then we talked about last week, they're in that four-way AFC tie. Yeah. You know, that one seed, absolutely 100% up for grabs. And I think they want to stay in the driver's seat there. I think it's going to be a Jags type game, but I'm not sure that they cover or they win. If that's your read, I may have the right bet for you. Let's go. Both teams to score 20 plus points plus 125. Mm. Like if you're going to take the Jags like over that. and you don't know that they're going to win, it sounds like you definitely think that they score 20. You're pretty much only losing to 20 to 17. Yeah. And I think looking at the Niners results here, yeah, the three that they've lost, like we said, we mentioned 17, 17 in each 17, of them. 17, 17. Yeah. They get Debo back mm-hmm. and they went for 30 plus in each of their first five games. Right. They go 30, 30, 30, 35, 42, and then three losses without Debo, 17, 17, 17. So I love that pick because mm-hmm. we can land Jags at 21. It could be a 31, 20 game and you're, you're counting tickets. I don't need yeah. to hit that 22 and I get the extra juice going from minus 106 to plus 125. Yep, which we love. Props to you, my good man. You found us a little extra tastiness on this one. That's going to yeah. be where I shift my one unit over to. And I'm also going to throw a little half unit on my guy, Football Jesus over one and a half TDs plus 110. I think it happens. That that could happen in the first half. I love it. All right. For me, I'm taking the Niners minus three. I'm taking Jags punt first drive, mm-hmm. full unit plus 100. So even money there. And then throwing a half unit on McCaffrey over 102.5 total yards. But I like where your head's at. I think you've got a really good read. I think you're making the right bets for your read. I don't fully share the same read that you have. I think the defense is a little bit stronger in this game. But that's what we're all about here is making the read and finding the right bets that fit the story that give us the best odds and the best chance of success and don't pigeonhole us into a single outcome. Yeah, 100%. All right, let's go ahead. One more game on the docket. Those lowly New York Giants. Yeah. Averaging a whopping 11.2 points per game this season. Visiting the Dallas Cowboys coming off an emotional, very winnable loss against my Philadelphia Eagles. Monster line here. Wow, I'm just looking at the money line. Cowboys minus 1,500 to win this one. The Giants, for anybody feeling frisky, plus 870 for them to kind of steal a division win on the road here and and really turn the tables on uh, everyone's expectations. You're Mr. Not Afraid of a Big Line, so I'm dying to hear 
what you think about Cowboys minus 16 and a half uh, hosting the New York I Giants. I think this is Wallow Wednesday at the old ranch down there in Dallas. I'm excited to get your take on on what happened in that Eagles game here in a second because if anyone who listened last week, I said my reservations were with the Eagles in their four-minute closeout. Mm-hmm. Lucky for me, I only got to watch the last four minutes of that game. I had a monster parlay with uh, with the Eagles needing a three-point victory, so that was quite the sweat. On paper, the Giants are total trash. They're going to have a third-string quarterback in. The Cowboys played great and still managed to lose in a big game, which I feel like is what the Cowboys do, especially against the Eagles. And this is just one of those where it's like we look back at the end of the season, we're like, yeah, that was a weird game. Um, I think the Cowboys have to slow it down. I think they want to get the ball out of Dak's hand. I think they want to try to reinvent the run. Tony Pollard has to be getting something going. The line has to get some confidence back. And if you look at it, the Giants' pass rush is sneaky good. Thibodeau is, I think, third in sacks and kind of a big-time player that, like, no one's talking about. And it's so funny when New Yorkers have a a stud player that's just, like, kind of in the shadows. Obviously, the quarterback play has been a revolving door in all of New York. I also think that this is kind of the game that, like, keeps Dable off the hot seat or really starts to accelerate the flame. Hmm. They lost 40 to nothing in week one. That kind of set the tone for the whole season. Now we're at week 10. This is an opportunity to, like, really go play for a job. I think a lot of people in New York are playing for contracts or playing for jobs. And so I'm not saying the Giants come out and win this game, but 16 and a half points is one of the highest spreads of all time. And the Cowboys are lame in blowout games. We saw with the Cardinals and like a couple of the other games this year. And I think that they're going to do enough and they're going to be looking ahead to next week. I don't have the same confidence I normally do. I'm normally a favorites guy. Let's go find the favorite that has the wrong line. The math is if you pick the winner of the game, you probably win the bet. But there's something about this game that really catches my attention that is a letdown game for Dallas. The Giants are playing prideful. They're going into Jerry's house and can not maybe pull off the unimaginable, but like Dable's going to have to let loose and let this third string kid throw the ball around. And unless Dallas scores two touchdowns on defense again, I see this being a really slow, sleepy 27 to 13 kind of game. What are your thoughts? I agree with you in the sense that the Giants need to keep this one very slow. They need to be within 10 in the fourth quarter, and that's not going to be because it's 34-24. It's going to be because it's 17-7, to right? It's interesting to think about on the Dallas side of things, you know, Dak, another sort of letdown. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. A very winnable game for them. You know, I, I kind of was telling you all week last week, you know, this Dallas game kind of scared me. And Dallas definitely left that one on the table. Yeah, Chances to win, steps out of bounds on the two-point. A little bit of clock mismanagement. There was people on both sides of the argument in terms of like how they played it. I'll tell you what, though. The Dallas Goddard injury, he fractures his forearm. Yeah. And they didn't get another first down. So his first down where he gets injured, that was the last first down that they got in a game where they needed a first down um, to kind of like close it out to your point last week about the four-man offense. So I wonder if... They come out and really try to lay the smack down here and let Dak fling it because they're not afraid. Or if they maybe kind of slow play a little bit and are like a quarterback after the interception or after a fumble, they'll they'll give him a screen pass or a mm-hmm. bubble screen or some easy stuff, a quick slant to just kind of get him, get him back in rhythm. And that could be this kind of game for Dak and Dallas. It's like, let's not yeah. do anything stupid. 
we're much better than this team. If we just go out and play vanilla, this should yeah. be a 10-point win, 13-point win, no problem. And that maybe speaks to your inkling that 16 and a half might just be too big a number. So I'll leave it there. And I want to know, you know, if you've got a pick here, if you've got a lean, what you're thinking. Yeah, the other piece that like I'm looking at DraftKings and 93% of the money is on Dallas, which like Mm -hmm. the money always skews to Dallas. But like if you love the conspiracy theory and you love to lean into this narrative of Vegas is calling Mm -hmm. the field and making a play, this is the game. This is the game where everyone's like, oh, Dallas is going to clearly cover. They beat them by 40 with everyone was healthy, which is an outlier game. I looked at it. They've only covered 17 points three times in the last 15 games. It's usually a close game, even when teams are good or bad. But this is the game where Vegas is calling in being like, hey, 14 is enough. (laughs) It's interesting because Dallas this year specifically, their margin of victory and their four wins. Let me see. They got four wins or five wins? Five. Got Rams, Chargers, Pats, Jets, Giants. Gosh, those are awful teams. (laughs) So... In those games, they're I think they're winning by an average of 29.5 points. Yeah. So they're smashing teams. But that 93% number is the reddest of red flags because again, this one could be this one could be 24 to 3 with four minutes left. And there could literally be nobody in the stands. Yep. Looks like a preseason game. Yes. This is our backdoor cover that we just Absolutely. And this I think, is why we pay for red zone. <laughs> I mean, you might be talking me into taking the points here. So I will say, I'm definitely not going a full unit on this game, but I do think it would be so, so fun. So I've got a half unit on the Giants plus 16 and a half. I am going to monitor it and wait and see because all this juice is going on the Cowboys to see if it sneaks to 17. If I can find it at 17, I definitely love 17 more than I love 16 and a half. Um, so I'm going to stay patient. I don't think any money is going on the Giants, so I don't think there's any concern that that line is going to move from 16.5 down to 15 or or anything that direction. I'm going to hold out until kickoff and see if I can get an extra point. If it gets to a 17.5, I'm in heaven. I'm not doing this with parlays. I'm not throwing it into anything. It's not. I'm not going to get too crazy and let this be the game that sings me. I could be totally wrong on this. My strength and skill set is picking winners in tight games and teams where the spread is a field goal off. So this is not my forte, but I just have little tinglies that I think this is the survivor pool game where everyone's like at halftime, like, am I going to get knocked out in week 10 because the Cowboys lost to the fucking Giants third string quarterback at home? It just strikes me like 93%. Like it just has all of the makings for like that thing that we see and we go like, oh, NFL parody. Yeah. So I'm throwing a halfie on on the Giants. I'm going to watch it. It's going to be a ton of fun. I might look to abandon ship and do a, a live bet at some point to, to cover my ass or recover some losses, but I'm taking the Giants half unit, hopefully plus 17. I'm going to wait until Sunday to put this one in. I am looking at a move that you pulled with regards to the Bengals game. I like Dallas early. Okay. You know, I think we've talked about all these scenarios where backdoor cover, might be a 10-point game. I don't see a world where, unless there's an injury, yeah, probably two injuries, you know, to be realistic. But you still have Parsons on, on the other side who kind of got a little bit of his mojo back against Philly. He had a really nice game. And I think their defensive line in general played pretty well. That was probably their best game against a good team, I'll say. Yeah. I think they've got a real chance to, you know, kind of impose their will on the game. The Giants over-under in this game is 10 and a half. 
So not, they're not expecting a lot from uh, from the Giants here, but it is a division game. And I think if it is close, it's probably like a low scoring game. Yeah. So I took a look at Cowboys minus three and a half in the first quarter. And you can also look at Dallas minus eight and a half in the first half. Do you feel better about that or do you feel better about Cowboys over under 13 and a half points, total points in the first half? I kind of feel better about minus eight and a half. Because this one's a 10-point, at best, is a 10-point game, you know, going into crunch time. And yeah. I think if, if Dallas is not up 10 by halftime, everyone's pissed. And, and, and like, there's some real, you know, I, I, I sort of had a hot-ish take earlier in the season that I don't think Dak finishes the season as a starting quarterback, healthy or not healthy. And I think if this is, like, tied at halftime, that starts to echo a little louder. Your intuition around getting Pollard going, my intuition around safe throws, like, let's just be smart. I think um, their tight end, Ferguson, had a monster game. Yeah. Um, so I think he could be like a real dude that could play off of CD because, I mean, as great as he is, that you just need a second guy in the NFL. Right. I kind of like both of those those options. Minus three and a half in the first quarter. Minus eight and a half by halftime. Might pull out the, the little halfy half here and take both of those. Okay. And then maybe hop on board if we see that line touch 17 because I'm definitely intrigued by that. Yeah, I've got another one that is interesting with the narrative on this one. Both teams to score in the first quarter, plus 220. So, and I think the over-under on the Giants in the half is five and a half. I think that's an interesting one. The other thing that I think for this game is interesting, that I think we're both kind of alluding to, is like, feels like an under game. And what if we pitch it up to 43 and a half at minus 245? Is there something that we can parlay with to get us something real interesting? Oh, here's okay. one. That, here's okay. Go go ahead. Oh, that'd be fun if we have the same one. I just dropped in under 43 and a half, which we like. Parlayed that with the Giants plus 14 and a half to get to plus 147. So I'm selling a couple points on the Giants. I don't love selling the points on Giants. Because those two outcomes are correlated. That's the other thing. Yeah. So if it goes under 43 and a half. You know, that would have to be 28 to 14. 28 to 14 would win. Unless it's 31-3. Well, if it's 31-3, all of them are losing. Well, that's what I'm saying. The under is not losing at 43 and a half. So it's like, that's what I'm trying to see. It's like, is there something else that we think is like an obvious that's like a in the minus Mm -hmm. 160 to minus 230 range? That's like a, yeah, that's definitely. All right. Here's an interesting one. What do you think about Giants to score first and lose at plus 240? Hilarious. Super live. Um, how do you feel about under 43 and a half and Giants second half over five and a half plus 194? Second half over five and a half? Mm-hmm. Plus 194? Plus 194. So you got Damn. the total the total game under 43 and a half, Giants second half over five and a half. Let's put that one in the dock and I'll yeah. tell you why. Yeah. The Giants over under for the game is ten and a half. Right. So five and a half is pretty one touchdown, two field goals. It's pretty reasonable when you take the whole game into consideration. So yeah. And you would probably put the likelihood of them scoring in the into the second half. Either, either the first drive or the kick. second half. I totally agree with that. And if we pitched up the forty three and a half, that's already higher than you know what Vegas is expecting, mm-hmm. and almost two to one odds. I think that's mm-hmm. that's right on point. I think that's my bet. 
I love that. That's, I think, my one unit bet for this game is under 43 and a half. I'm going to reduce my Giants bet down to a quarter unit. I'd rather put the juice here because if they're covering 16 and a half, they're going to have to score six points in the second half to do it. Sweet. Full unit cosine. Love it. We did it. Little on the fly, like... But that's the thing. That's that's where the tastiness happens is it's not in the obvious sometimes. It's like, hey, let's talk out the narrative and then like let's go combine two things together that separately aren't super exciting, but together becomes a really nice, tasty opportunity. 100%. I love that. Let's hit the recap. First game on the docket, Texans at the Bengals. I am taking the Bengals minus eight and a half here. Cranked it up a little bit, as I've been known to do, plus 120. And then I'm also going to parlay the Bengals minus six and a half which is available at minus 118 on FanDuel, plus C.J. Stroud interception, which is not yet available. Um, that's going to be another one-unit parlay for me. Follow us on X slash Twitter uh, to get the details on that one. Cool. You are taking Bengals minus 7, minus 105, full unit, and we are both taking the Bengals minus 3.5 in the first half, full unit cosine for the two of us. Second game on the schedule, 49ers at the Jags. Uh, a little bit of disagreement here. I'm rocking with both teams to score 20, plus 125. Appreciate the call out, AG, on that one. I'm also taking Trevor Lawrence over a touchdown and a half, plus 110, half a unit. That was another one of AG's finds. Appreciate you on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are taking the Niners minus three, full unit for you. The Jags to punt on their first drive, even money, full unit again on that one. And you are rocking with... Your MVP pick, Christian McCaffrey, CMC, over 102 and a half, rushing and receiving for half a unit. And then the last game on the list, probably the funnest conversation I think we had today, the Giants visiting Dallas. I am putting a quarter unit on Dallas minus three and a half in the first quarter, putting half a unit on Dallas minus eight and a half in the first half. And we are both taking a big money parlay. Well, big-ish money. It'll be big once it hits the dock. Plus 194, under 43 and a half for the game. And the Giants over five and a half in the second half. Again, plus 194, full unit cosine for your boys. Let me know if I missed anything. I think the only thing you missed is is we're throwing a quarter unit on the Giants plus 16 and a half. Hopefully 17. I'm going to actually sit that Giants plus 16 and a half out for now. Cool. But there's still time, like we mentioned at the top of the show, plenty of time to get your picks in before this weekend's action. All right, man, I think we did it. This has been another episode of the Tasty Bets Pod. Follow at Tasty Bits Pod on X, Twitter, and Facebook. Subscribe to Tasty Bits Pod on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to watch or listen. And remember to always, always, always bet responsibly. And also do some digging because there's some value there. You know, just expand that little more wagers button, throw some shit together, see what correlates, see what see what they, they let us get away with. Yep. Big thank you to AG for hanging out this week. Best of luck this weekend, man. For sure. Let's keep riding some of the some of this tasty juice that we've had here mid-season.